Good morning to you. This is the WIBC First Day Show. We're brought to you by our friends Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips. Both are real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate. CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com. They will join us at about 1130 this morning with always great information. They're just the best. I'm Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith. Good morning, dear one. Good morning, Denny. Kylan Talley here producing the show. Good morning. Hello, Kylan. <laughs> I missed you yesterday. We did miss Oh, her. I miss everyone. Oh, you were so it's rock good to solid. be back in Indiana. Yeah. We're all going to be here with you for the next couple of hours, but this is kind of cool, and uh, it's become... This will be the second year we've done this. It's kind of a tradition with me that before all of the firefighters come into town for the uh, FDIC International, it's an instructor's conference, and it's huge, and it takes over Lucas Oil Stadium. It takes over the conference center. They're here all over downtown Indianapolis, and uh, they're here. They're arriving now, and this marks the 96th year for the Fire Department Instructor's Conference. We're lucky that it's been here since, I think, Rita, what, 98, 97, 95, 92? 95. Since 1995, they've been coming here. It's 28 years, girl. 28 years. I remember the first time I saw the sign over the walkway. It said yeah. FDIC. And I said, oh, good. The financial guy's right. in town, you know? That's kind of what you thought. Yeah. But Me I've too. got more confidence in this FDIC than I do in the banking community. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, once again, IFD is uh, IFD is hosting as the host. What do we call it? The host. Host uh, city. City. Host. Department. 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 Yeah. Host department. Uh, in studio with us is IFD Battalion Chief Rita Wright. <laughs> what? This is the first time I've ever seen her without the helmet. It's big, isn't it? Yeah, it's a big white helmet. She has helmet. the largest yeah. helmet on the planet. I know. I and think it she... almost weighs down her whole little head. I think she could do a spit bath in that thing. It's so big. <laughs> Golly. How long have you been with the fire department? 29 years. Oh isn't my that gosh. something? I mean, she literally looks like she's 25. Oh, she's just 25 nice. years young. Well, she's getting a little bit uh, arrogant here today. They beat what? they beat IMPD. You know. Oh, in basketball? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a big we, deal, is it we, not? We did. It's a big competition, and, and the reason that we started doing it is to raise awareness for domestic violence. Um, uh, and um, so it was a couple of... A couple of police officers and their wives created the event, and so we were asked to do this competition, and so this was the seventh one. The series was tied at three. Oh, three gosh. All. And so yesterday was for big-time bragging rights, yeah. and it was a hard-fought game. Let <laughs> me tell blood? you. Any blood? Any blood? Actually, there was a little blood, yeah. There was <laughs> oh, a collision man. between uh, an officer and a firefighter early in the game, and <laughs> oh, no. It, oh, no. it wasn't pretty. But anyway, it was an unintentional collision, but we ended up uh, taking home taking back the trophy to the office and so that was really it's a big deal you better believe it's a big deal those police officers gave us a run for our money and they are a really really good nationally recognized team they travel all over so and you um, brought in a a georgia bulldog with you here today listen drug him all the way from atlanta calm him down he's still touting that georgia win yeah (laughs) the first thing he says to me denny back to back i'm from georgia you know it's that football back to back yeah yeah exactly rita oh my god they're talking about Chief David Rhodes, who is here with the conference. He's editor-in-chief for Fire Rescue Media and education director for FDIC. And it's good to see you, David. Good to see you. Thank you guys I'm glad for you're me. here. And uh, 37 years in service. I did. It, all I did. in all in Georgia? Yep. Uh, 30 in the city of Atlanta and seven in little suburb Conyers, Georgia. Uh, better to work in a suburb than a big city? 
Uh, I enjoyed them both. I'm glad I started out in the suburbs, and uh, but there's nothing like the urban fire service. You just you just never know what the day's going to bring. It's just incredible. Firefighters, I oftentimes hear and learn that uh, they come from a long line of firefighters in their families. For you? Uh, my grandfather was a police officer, actually, and uh, I took the different route. Um, back in 80, 84, 85, when I took the test, um, what they typically would do is uh, they dug a hole, and all the police applicants and fire applicants it was all one big pole pool so they dug a hole and everybody went down the ladder to get in the hole and they just left you there and the ones that climbed out the ladder went to the fire department and the ones that stayed down in the hole went to the police department so (laughs) he just had to get that in there Oh, Lord, you're oh like the gosh. plumbers and the electricians. I was you know? right there. I, you, you were sucking it up, weren't you? I saw that So coming. I climbed out of the hole and went to the fire department. You know, oh. i got to tell you, firefighters are loved. And, you know, you have, these, you have to have a sense of humor because oh, of your job. I mean, for, for you, anybody that's in service in, in protecting us, you've got to have these sense of humor. And firefighters are always just off a little. Too, a little They're off bit. just a little bit. But just a little bit. Just a little bit. But it's, it's awesome. Not wrong. We have the You're best time. You know, public servants, they have to deal with stupid people. And that's right. the hard part. They deal with everybody, of course. And the, But there are some stupid things that take place. And Rita, I see you on the tube in the morning, and you're. So I can just see you biting your lip. I can't believe this guy was this stupid. But, you know, you've got to put up with that. Well, so, yeah, so, sometimes people make decisions that uh, have long-term effects that they oh probably my. should have given a little more thought to doing before they did it. But um, certainly we're there to help in any in any circumstance, and, and we're not here to judge, right? I mean, we, no. we will no, help anybody for any reason, no. regardless of the reason that you... No. Uh, it's amazing to me. Terry, the, these guys run into trouble. And, you know, you think back at 9-11, but you think about every day in, on a, in the fire service, you're running into trouble. But the physical demands, I watched the, I don't know, the qualification things or the Olympics for firemen or f- uh, firefighters and just pulling the hose up and, you know, the, the weight work. alone. I mean, you yeah. guys, mu- you just have to be physically if, fit. If you're doing what you're supposed to do, it is the same level of fitness as a professional athlete. I believe um, it. Well, how yeah. much is all the equipment weigh? I mean, we've talked about that. When you're so fully, if, whatever you've got on. If you're dry and, and not wet in your gear with your breathing apparatus and all, it's about 70 pounds. Mm-hmm. And 70 that's pounds. without any tools. That's just your gear and your air pack. So then you get wet. And you add that weight to it, and then if you're carrying tools or pulling hose or whatever it is, you add that too. Then you add stairs, and so it's very important for uh, conditioning. And uh, these guys do a great job here in Indianapolis with their wellness, and uh, and they have a lot of facilities that 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 promote that. They just opened up a new training center that has a phenomenal fitness center, and it, oh, wow. it rivals any private business out there that's that's so, terrific 70 yeah. pounds is a lot i see the the firefighters uh, this building right over here in front of you david is uh the salesforce building and they do the bop to the top and i think right. it's what 35 oh, yeah. 38 floors mm-hmm. and you'll see a firefighter with full gear going on the 70 pounds 
I might make it to the second floor. <laughs> yeah. How many firefighters are coming for the conference? Uh, there should be right around 35,000, 35, 37,000 registered for the conference. They come from everywhere. So they come from all over the world. Ukraine. We've got, uh, We've got three. Five. You tell us about yeah. those that um, we're kind of taking a look at this year. They're, you're, they're, they want to, they've always been here, I yep. assume. So we partnered uh, with a group out of Chicago and part of our parent company, Clarion Cares. Um, we help bring them over to to the conference, and they get in today. We're going to take them out and do some hands-on training and with them tomorrow and Tuesday. And then we're also raising money to help buy equipment for the Ukrainian Fire Service. Last year, we were able to raise somewhere in the neighborhood of like $200,000 in uh, cash. And then we also did like, I want to say it was 10 tons of supplies that the, oh that the manufacturers wow. and all donated that got shipped over. And, Can you imagine what those... And you guys see it on the news. Every time you turn war, on the news, it's firefighters it in is. those buildings. It really is. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I bet you're just as interested to talk to them, too. Absolutely. And as we all is are. Is there a language the barrier? Uh, I've, you've you sent us this thing, a hell of, uh, Alexa Lee Chernomachenko. We've got uh, Roman Chakanov, and then we've got Sergey Balu. Do yep. you is there a language barrier with these guys? We actually have a firefighter from New Jersey who is from New Ukraine that is going to be here as an interpreter. Oh, how cool so, is that? Yeah, how cool is that? Well, uh, joining us is David Rhodes, as editor in chief of the Fire and Rescue Media, and uh, our own Rita Reith, uh, battalion chief and chief public information officer. Is that correct? Did I get that right. Yeah, and uh, we're glad you're here, and we're going to keep you just a few more minutes if you don't mind. We're going to take a quick break. Kylan, want to? Let's do that. Uh, Thank you all so much for joining us this morning. We'll take a break now. It is 1015. You're listening to The First Day on 93 WIBC. degrees and cloudy skies in downtown Indianapolis. Good morning to you, Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith, Kylan Talley, producing today's show. And in studio, as we get ready for thousands of firefighters, thousands and thousands, thousands and thousands to come back to Indianapolis for their uh, their really big conference that they have. And it's just one time a year you do this conference, isn't it, Rita? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Chief Battalion, Battalion Chief, excuse mm-hmm. me, I do I stopped because I said it. That didn't come out right. Uh, Rita Wright is here. And Chief David Rhodes, Editor-in-Chief for Fire and Rescue Media and Education Director for FDIC. He's from Georgia. And uh, he's back. We'll talk real slow. You know, I just want to mention, because he took the job of Bobby Helms. Bobby and Bobby, Helms. I'm sorry, excuse me, Bobby Helms. That's okay. He sings a song the at wrestler. Christmas. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But he took that job, and it was a quick transition, although you've been transitioning, but we didn't expect to lose him as quickly as we did. He was here last year, folks, if you were listening. He came in with Rita, and um, he just was a very special man. And I know there's going to be some tributes during this conference that will happen, and also a lot of events where listeners and all of you really can come and visit and see what they're doing. Uh, What do you want to talk about first? Do we want to talk about the fire station of the future? Sure. Let's talk about this fire station of the future, which is in Lucas Oil Stadium, or is it the Convention Center? Stadium. And what we did this year is uh, it's kind of new for us. Typically, you go to a trade show, it's all aisles and, you know, thousands of booths. So they have transformed the field into a cityscape. And so... 
instead of aisles, there's streets, and we've named those streets after firefighters that are no longer with us that were instructors for our conference. Bobby is one of them. We have Bobby Halton Way. Um, and then we have a full scale, one foot equals one foot model fire station that is in the end zone. And then we have a city park in the center with trees, benches, and then the exhibits are around. There's restaurants uh, on either side of the fire station. And then inside the fire station is a lot of our corporate sponsors that are in technology, like communications, tracking systems, incident command systems, the latest turnout gear. And, um, and we actually have fire apparatus that are in the fire station, and they'll be giving rides on those fire apparatus. So they will actually exit the station, come out of the end zone, back through the tunnel, and out in the parking lot oh my like at certain times. So, so what's uh, the difference in the, in the current fire stations? Rita, we, we th- every fire station is different. Uh, they're building a new uh, central station in Westfield right up off of Ditch Road, and we've been watching it go up. And it looks traditional to me, but what's the big difference between the fire station of the future and the fire station of now? And when is the future? Yeah, Yeah, when is the future, David? Yeah, so one of the biggest problems we're facing right now in the fire service is exposure to chemicals, uh, not only on the fire scene, but exhaust from our vehicles. And there's a huge cancer problem. Um, Cancer actually took Bobby Halton uh, from us. And so a lot of the things are to create separation of space so there's air pressure interlocks that keep exhaust fumes out of the living quarters there's special gear storage with ventilation there's gear washers so that you can get the contaminants off your gear after every incident and so a lot of those things are built in along with fitness rooms and equipment um, some quiet space areas like just so you can go and just kind of chill out for a little bit. So uh, a, Terry, lot of, in, a lot of that. In, in 1968-69, we went from a metal-based plumbing industry to plastics. We had polyvinyl chloride. We had chlorinated polyvinyl chloride. We had acrylobutyl uh, nitrile uh, styrene. And the ones that were all over the plumbing industry at the time were the firefighters because you didn't have the gear at that time. You didn't have the breathing apparatus. Right. But the plumbing industry and the... And the fire industry had to get together on this because, you know, what you guys are breathing in a fire is incredible. And now we've got cross-linked polyethylene. We've got, we got all these chemicals. that you, Just like when we hear about the fires in the recycling yeah. and, yeah. and, oh my and gosh. Ohio and the chemicals. It doesn't make just smoke. It makes things that will hurt yeah. you. Right. Yeah. And we're good about protecting our lungs with the breathing apparatus that we have now. But we're still learning about the, what gets absorbed through the skin. And uh, and if you can make your because you're wearing layers and layers of mm-hmm. protective clothing, do you need better clothing to so protect you out? That's one of the big scientific challenges is we can develop. We have the, the clothing like for a hazardous materials suit where nothing can get in. Yeah. But you can't use that in a in a fire at the current time because it, it doesn't have the same protective qualities from the heat. But also, we have to fight our own personal um, heat injury because that turnout gear heats your body up and it insulates you. It's protecting you from the fire, but it's also keeping heat in. So we have a lot of heat exhaustion, 
uh, that can go into heat stroke. So there has to be some material that's able to keep you cool. You guys are like the astronauts. NASA Very must, must deal bit. with the same type yeah. of suit issues. Very much. Wow. It's all about the technology. Uh, so that is something that we can all see. We don't just have to be a firefighter. We can all come into the conference. Is that right, Rita? Yeah. And also, so you've got a yep. you've got a five k run and walk that's coming up. Yep. Um, some other events that we're all invited to. We Correct. can come. Yep. Tell we us. We have the uh, we have the five alarm five k walk run, which is a fundraiser um, to help for cancer research. That's Thursday at six p.m. at White River State Park. There is a sign up and a registration fee. Um, Okay. We have the the exhibits open at noon, I believe, on Thursday. And so you can buy like a day pass or you can buy a complete weekend pass. A lot of people bring their kids and pull them around on wagons and, and see all the fire trucks. Um, obviously, it's open to anybody in the fire service industry that wants to see over, I think we have 819 exhibitors um, between the convention center wow. and Lucas Oil. So wow. It's and pretty neat equipment, I will say that. Uh, I'm trying to remember what Well, you the must have all seen. Yeah, they must have yeah. seen, because you've both been at it for a long time. Mm-hmm. You have seen things change dramatically, I'll bet. Maybe? Absolutely. Or not a, not um, quick enough? Yeah, like... Almost when too it comes quick. To your, so is it almost, <laughs> almost too quick? Almost too quick. Probably one of the biggest yeah. has been, like, thermal imaging technology. Mm-hmm. Um, I never used it as a firefighter, but the ability to use a camera to see through smoke, to locate victims and have your orientation. When they came out, uh, probably the first one I saw was around 92, 93. It was about 30 grand for one camera, and it weighed 20 pounds, and you had to have a special helmet. And now they'll fit in your pocket. And, oh, and, you know, you can get one on the low end probably for two, $3,000 and on the high end. The plumbers again. are really jealous of your pumps. You've got pumps that will suck the scale off a of fish. I mean, you get, Absolutely. you get your ladders up four or five stories, and you've got to pump it up that far. Mm-hmm. In yeah. a building, we can only go to five stories, Terry, and we have to put in booster pumps booster and stuff. Pumps. So you must have some serious mm-hmm. technology. Yep. Most of the engines will flow about 2,000 gallons a minute. That's a lot. That's a lot. You know, here's what I love, and I I do love this part of it too. They're not only saving the lives of people, but they also of humans, but they also save the lives now of animals. They can because Mm -hmm. you have special fitted apparatuses for for to help them Mm -hmm. to come back to life, right? Yep, I think I've seen a few you guys rescues with the. Usually there's an organization that'll provide those. There, there is an organization that provided them to the to the fire department, and they are masks that specifically fit a snout of an animal, and they come in three sizes, so they'll fit a dog or cool? a cat or a squirrel. Well, I mean, I've they, heard they, stories they, about firefighters actually squirrel. closing them out and actually doing mouth and muzzle resuscitation. I mean, before yes. you had those masks. Yep. These guys are pretty neat people. Rita, yeah. have you we saved like a squirrel? Things. I have not saved a squirrel, but she's we have, chased a few. <laughs> but I've chased a few. But we, you know, we have saved ferrets, and you know, oh, they're, good they're telling you, if if the oh. animal is there and and the ability for us to you know provide it some oxygen to try to save it, we'll we'll give it a they're shot. Part of our families, yeah. You know, sure. I'm sure. Oftentimes, you hear people saying, "My dog's inside. My dog's inside." I'm yes. thinking about the and cats that climb the trees. The, did you see the picture of the cat that jumped? Jumped. It was in a fire and it was four or five stories high, and it jumped. It made the jump and it landed on its feet and it walked away. Yeah, unless you know? the cat's locked up in the house, we don't find too many cats. They find their way out. They do, don't they? they? So you're saying dogs are. Stupid. And you've never seen a dead cat. It's harder for 
a dog to get out. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. All right, so the conference runs how long, Terry? It goes through the whole week? Rita, through. Rita? Yeah, starts David? tomorrow, and it goes through Saturday. And the first two days are our hands-on training portion where we're out in all the townships and uh, here at Indy's new training center. We've got 20 hands-on classes and over 3,000 students. And then Wednesday, we open up, and we have – um, we also have the workshops. We have 60 workshops Monday, Tuesday, and then we have over 300 hour 45 sessions. So are it's all about training. Are these the for continuing education requirements Most as a firefighter? Okay. Well, they're not all, all requirements, um, but um, about 70% of our classes count as continuing ed for either wow. your EMT training or other, other stuff. There's, you know, I'll tell you what, they are uh, they are a brotherhood, a sisterhood. Absolutely. You're, you're a family, and I know that this is almost a like reunion for too. you all, too. Yeah, you do. But, but it's like a reunion for all of you, and I imagine those opening ceremonies are pretty spectacular. They are. With all of you all together and, and saying, you know, what you, what you do. And um, and there's there's some fun for the, the firefighters, too, when they come. Don't you usually have their, they, they go out and they Absolutely. venture out there's on their parties, own? Concerts there's organizations and and, that have parties. You'll see we have over. Uh, 80 bagpipers, pipes and drums that come together. We call it the FDIC Mass Pipes and Drums, and they're from all over. They're coming from North Carolina oh, I like to see and that. all over, and they'll be marching down the streets. They come in the bars at night and play. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a really a good recharge of your batteries for a lot of guys that, that come, and they enjoy the camaraderie. Everybody loves the fire service and the pageantry, and they get some excellent training and education. And well, thanks for choosing Indianapolis. And have for here. so Absolutely. long. Oh, I think you like it here. I love Indy. It's my home away from You think from you home. stay for a while, Rita? How many t- how many uh, years Dave, do we get to do this? What did uh, I know? We're they say we signed a contract through something. Uh, Twenty. 32? 32. Oh 2032. Yeah, that's nine more years anyway. Listen, you spend a lot of money here in our city. We're oh, really grateful for that, too. They, they love Economic, to come in and oh, spend money. She's so. with the Chamber of Commerce. They she's do. Really. I mean, they do. That's a big part of it. That's why part of the reason we're grateful they're here is because they, yeah. they spend a lot of money. We do. Uh, there's a lot of you. How much you got in your pocket right now? Uh, I don't know. I can't Terry. say. We do have to get back to the car. We do got to get back to the car. <laughs> hey, listen, it's so good to see you. Thank, Thank you, so you for coming. Thank you to all the firefighters. Welcome them to Indianapolis, everybody. They will be here for a few days, and we're very lucky to have them here. Rita, thank you. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate you. Thank you for your service, and um, uh, have a great time while you're here. and Learn a lot. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's 1032. You're listening to the first day on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. In a world where you can be anything, I'll be kind to you. Could you be kind to me? 1038. Good morning to you. Terry Stacy, along with Kylan Talley and Denny Smith, and I had an opportunity to talk to Mike Stevens. He's the director of the Indianapolis Veterans Administration Regional Office, and we've been hearing a lot about the PACT Act, and he explains. Well, PACT stands for Promise to Address Comprehensive Toxins. It's legislation that was enacted back in August, actually August 10th of 22 that expands VA health care and benefits uh, for veterans, but also survivors, their survivors, 
veterans that are exposed to burn pits and other toxic substances. And if I can, let me drill down a little more there. It expands uh, eligibility uh, for VA health care for veterans with toxic exposures, veterans of the Vietnam, Gulf War, and post-9-11, uh, with post-9-11 service. It adds more than 20 presumptive conditions for veterans who were, were exposed to these burn pits in Agent Orange, other exposures, um, and those conditions are primarily respiratory uh, conditions and certain cancers for those that sold, uh, served in the Gulf region. Um, it adds more presumptive exposure locations for Agent Orange and radiation, uh, namely uh, blood disorder, uh, the, the acronym is MGUS, it's a rare blood disorder, and for hypertension, which um, I'm, I'm sure you know is very prevalent among uh, older veterans. This legislation also requires VA, we, uh, our VHA, to provide a toxic expo exposure screening to every veteran who's enrolled in VA healthcare. There's a couple other things in the, in the act. Uh, also, it improves research uh, on different conditions for veterans exposed to these toxins, uh, education of staff, and also investment and in treat, treat, treatment rather for related toxic exposures. Mike, does it matter where they were exposed? Well, what the PACT Act does, we can service connect essentially any condition that is related to veteran service. We have to prove uh, that nexus or, or that relationship. Uh, the PACT Act makes it much easier for us to be able to do that. And yes, it does matter whether, uh, where you served and when you served um, and what, what condition you have. So generally, if you served in the Gulf, first Gulf War or post 9-11, uh, in the Gulf region, and that's generally Iraq and Afghanistan and the surrounding countries, that, and there's a list of those countries online. I'll give a website in a minute. Um, but, but if you served during those times in one of those places, then we, we presume that you were exposed uh, to toxins. And if you get one of these 20-plus uh, conditions or have one of these 20-plus conditions, we presume automatically that it's related to that exposure. So this act makes it very, very much easier for VA uh, to do the right thing for these uh, veterans. And I think that this, this legislation is a good example of how the government steps up to support veterans with, with exposures like this. And I think that this paves the way for, again, for, for us to do the right thing for veterans in the future that are, that are exposed to various different types of toxins. Joining us this morning is Mike Stevens. He's the director of the Indianapolis Veterans Administration Regional Office. And Mike, what about veterans that have been previously denied coverage? Are they eligible now? That, that's a great question, Terry. Uh, yes, they may be eligible now, probably are, if it's, if it's one of those conditions and they have service uh, in one of the areas that I described. Um, the thing is, they have to reapply for benefits. And this goes for anybody reapplying or someone uh, applying for the first time uh, for one of these conditions, uh, they they should file their claim within one year of August 10th, okay. 2022. That's the date that the law was in, enacted. If they apply within one year and we can grant benefits, we can go back to the date of the law retroactively to grant those benefits. If they apply after or later than one year from that August 10, 2022 date, then we have to go just from the date that they applied. We can't go back to the date of the law. So that, that, that opportunity is only available for the year 
following enactment of the law. For our veterans and families that are listening, what else do you want them to know? So I want them to know that there's a whole host of ways to apply uh, for benefits in general, but for, for PACT Act also, uh, and that is they can apply at this great opportunity on April 26th from 12 to 6 at the uh, Armory in Franklin. Uh, we're going to have both VA hospital and benefits personnel there uh, to to do these toxic screenings that I mentioned and also to help veterans apply for benefits and ask answer questions. So that's a great opportunity uh, to come and in-person apply. Um, you can apply online at va.gov. Uh, you can see a national, uh, state, or county veteran service officer uh, to, to help ap- apply for benefits. So American Legion, DAV, VFW, uh, IDVA, the State Department of Veterans Affairs has service officers that can help in almost every county as a veterans uh, service officer. Um, you can come see us at 575 North Pennsylvania uh, Street downtown uh, or at the Routabush VA Medical Center. We've got personnel there. Uh, you can come to the Indiana Veterans Center, which is at 777 North Meridian uh, downtown here in uh, Indianapolis. Uh, where veterans can even park for free downtown. It makes it very easy for them to come in and see us uh, and apply for benefits. Finally, uh, 1-800-827-1000. It's a national line set up for veterans with questions about benefits. And I'll read that again. It's 1-800-827-1000. The event coming up on April 26th at the Armory in Franklin. What do veterans need to bring with them? If they've got a DD-214, uh, which is their discharge document, um, that can that can help with things. Um, but if they don't have it, they should they should still come. We can we'll go out and help them get that DD-214. It just makes it a little bit easier. If they have it handy, they should bring it. It's our honor here at VA to serve uh, this country's veterans. We hope to see them come out on the 26th or come visit us at any of the locations that, that I mentioned. Uh, and I just thank you for, for allowing us uh, time on your show. He, absolutely, for sure. Important, important information, and we appreciate your time, too. He was a great guest. 1045, you're listening to The First Day on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection, you can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. 1048. Denny, I hope you know that's how it's going to start forever and ever. I love this gonna song. Uh, by the way, Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, who you just heard from with Real They Are Real Estate Consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate. They bring you this show the first day, crossroadscollectivehomes.com, or as they mentioned, hoosierhomevalues2023.com. They're going to join us here, uh, what, about, uh, about 35, 40 minutes, something like that. Listen to the whole thing, and you'll get to get good advice it's yeah, gonna all be throughout. Gonna be. I always I always learn so much from both of them. We're going to learn from you right now. You know, Easter Sunday, we got the whole family together, and we have the Easter egg hunt. And, you know, as grandparents, it's sort of fun to give out cash, you know, and little things, both to our, our kids and then our grandkids. Well, this year, something happened. We, we asked the kids, would you rather have cash 
Or would you rather have digits to your green light card? Green light card's like a little debit card that parents, so the kids have a credit card. Okay. So there's a break there at about 35 years of age where 35 and older wants cash and the young kids want digits on their green light card. And it got now, I me- thought it would have been the other way around, yeah, right? Yeah. Did you too? I did too. Uh, but sociologically, we're making this transition from a cash... You know, my grandmother always carried a silver dollar in her purse She because she knew she would always have money. I've, uh, whenever I travel, I always carry cash in case I get robbed. I have something to give to them so they don't kill me. You okay. know, but I also... For emergencies. But the, the thing about security and the thing about new things that are coming towards us is that we give up some of our freedoms. And so there is this big push for digital currency. And I'm here to warn you as people of Indiana and Americans that be very, very cautious of convenience over privacy. When we turn over our credit cards and we use our credit cards for, I mean, the first time I saw somebody pay for groceries in 1974 with a credit card and I thought, boy, they must really be in trouble to have to pay for their Because we always paid with cash and we got green stamps and yellow stamps. And it wasn't that it was a better time sociologically it was different and now we are choosing security and convenience over privacy and that's pretty scary terry if we if we go out and we pay for something with five twenty dollar bills nobody knows our name nobody knows anything about us no if we pay with a credit card it's a permanent record forever and what the chinese have done along with social engineering and social scores is they shut off your card if you haven't been a good boy or girl and that could come to the united states and i i worry about people always say denny what should I do in, in the event of emergency? Well, you should always have some cash because in 2008, when we had the subprime con- uh, issue, the subprime disaster where they were loaning money to people that probably should not have had money loaned to them, people were buying houses with no intentions of ever paying the bill. And so banks would trade those mortgages back and forth as assets. You know, one bank might say, I have too many of these, I'm gonna sell them to this bank. Well, what happened, is the banks didn't trust each other. And when the banks didn't trust each other after the subprime conference, you know, what was on a, a hundred cents on their books per dollar turned out to be worth about 45 cents on the dollar. And so banks said, I'm not taking your crap anymore. And so it went back and forth. And of course, all the credit cards were pulled together. We came within my friends who are in Washington DC and in New York, which is the, the central facility for finance for the world almost. They said we came within two hours of our credit cards not working and never working again. And that was a scary, scary thought. So, Terry Lynn, let me ask you a question. Oh, it's quiz time. Get it's quiz time. My pen. If you went up to the gas pump and you put your, your a little card in and it says card rejected, our system is down, Ugh. what do you do? Do you have cash in your pocket? Well... I do. Okay. But that was because that was taught to me to always have a $20 bill tucked you're older, away somewhere. You're older than 35 yeah. now. Yeah. Kylan? Uh, no, I do, have, do not. Do you have any cash, not a dollar? Uh, sometimes I do. Okay. If I have, like, I don't know, not always is See, a good answer. Not always, but I would just go to a different pump and hope that that one works and instead. If it does, and if it doesn't, young lady, what happens? I would do that too. I'm going to go ask some nice fellow, hey, can I have a... Have you ever gone up to? Uh, <laughs> no, have you gone, ever gone up to Panda Express, or have you ever gone up to Kentucky Fried Chicken or McDonald's? And of course, they all take their cards, right? And they say, "I'm sorry, our system's down right now. Do you have cash?" And it happens more and often than it used to. Here's what happens now: that if you say, "No, I don't have cash," 
They take your card, they take a picture of it, <gasps> or they write it down and said, we'll charge it later. What? Now, I've see, never seen that. I have not now, see, seen It's that. a privacy issue, but how are you going to pay for your I burgers? Would you let somebody, but if you, would Hell you no, let somebody do that? no, I wouldn't let them do that. No, I, 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 I wouldn't carry either. cash. The point is, you should have a little bit of money no, with you to pay for a, a tank Always. of gas or a meal because you could get in a, a position where you give up privacy that you should never give up. I mean, if they have your card... All they got to flip yeah. it, do is flip it over and they get the super secret code, you know, that little three-digit code yeah. on the back. It's not all chip-driven right now. And in a disaster, what they'll do is they'll fall back to the next level, which is they take a picture of it or they write down your card number. Do you want you want the snot-nosed kid at, at McDonald's taking no. your credit card? No. Because I just got hacked again, did if that's the right really? word. I really did. And I think it's from car, a card reader. I can only trace back how this happened to me from a car read, card reader. And then You're, once that happens, yeah. I mean, you ha- you go through days trying had, to figure things out and change, you know, and canceling you things. The car. Well, when they stop your card, you know, you I always say if you're going to have credit cards, have at least two. Because if one gets hacked, then you've got to be able to transact business, and you can't carry around That's enough cash for everything else. Wait a minute. That but, is a good idea. But here's your Uncle Denny. Right, here's go your Uncle that. Denny's suggestion. Mm-hmm. You, young lady, my favorite little girl on the, behind the Kyla, mic, Kyla and Tally. Hi. you got to carry some cash. Get some cash. Aye, not aye. only that, it teaches you the value of money because one credit card slip that is for $200 is a lot different in your mind than than ten Isn't it? twenty dollar bills. It oh my just feels gosh. so different. Even when you part with that yeah. twenty dollars, you're like, Ugh. but realize that it just every feels transaction so on a card, every transaction you make with that card, is recorded someplace. And sooner or later, with the uh, politicians, what have the politicians taught us? The politicians have taught us that if we just spend the money, somebody will print it. The, you know, the feds will print money for us. You know, they we've been under deficit spending for, what, 40 years? Somebody has to pay the bill. And what has happened to us sociologically is that has gotten into our schools. Our kids are learn, learning about debit cards, but they haven't learned about cash. And so, for goodness sakes, here's your Uncle Denny comment, suggestion of the day. Always have cash available to you. Think what would happen if credit cards went down for five days. Do you have enough resources squirreled away one way or another to make it, you know, to maybe buy groceries, buy a tank of gas? You know, who knows? You, you know, you, you've got to have uh, an ace in the hole. In this case, the way we're going to beat these people is think about this. If everybody went and just spent cash instead of the credit card. It's, yeah. It'd scare the feds to death. But anyway, <laughs> there's, uh, there's investing sense for the day. Yay! You got a friend in me. Hey, isn't thank inter- you, Denny. Isn't it interesting, the, the generational differences? Yeah. You immediately said, I have cash. I look over at yeah. Ky- Kylie. No, uh, she kept uh, eye contact, but she was embarrassed she didn't have a cash. Shouldn't be no. embarrassed, but it's a I don't want to get robbed, but if you are in a robbing situation, then, yeah, okay, here's some cash. Yeah. Don't take anything else. There you go. Yeah, this Fair. is all I got. That, go, may, that may make them happy, and they'll leave. And I'm so sorry and sad that we have to think about that today. But we knew robbers might get us. Uh, it is 10.56. Mel McMahon wants to... All of us to remember Earth Day at the JCC today starts at noon, goes until four, and I bet she's there too. Bet she is. We've got another hour to go here on the first day. Coming up next hour, I got a text from Dave Dugan. I think he's coming by for a minute. Dave Dugan? Yeah. The I don't comedian? Think he, mm-hmm. I don't think he's bringing Ooh. us omelets or anything. I think he's just stopping oh. by. Uh, that and also <laughs> the producer of 100 Days to Indy. It is a new motorsports docuseries that starts this week, and I can't wait. News is next. 93 WIBC.
like Sunday morning.